We're certainly happy to have this opportunity today to come before you with the word of God. First, I want to thank Brother Long Henry for doing such a magnificent job here. And uh, he's just a tremendous young preacher. I wish you will always keep him around because he has something to offer that's very good. And I want to also comment on Brother Derek's preaching last time. He did a great job and happy to always encourage the young preachers as they continue to do what God wants them to do. I uh, be mindful of a scripture in Nehemiah chapter 8 where Ezra and the, the priests and the scribes were waiting to give a sermon. And they, the people had waited from morning to noon. And when Ezra opened the book, everybody stood up and said, Amen. They were really happy to hear the word of God. So the Bible says they read in the book in the law distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. So that's the way it's done. You read in the, in the book, you tell them what it means, and that causes them then to get the understanding. God has always had somebody to tell his people what he wanted them to know. This is what the prophets did. The prophet was one that could foretell and foretell. So that was their job. In Psalms 127, I'm sort of laying a foundation for the message that I'm going to give you today. In Psalms 127, the Bible says, Except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman waketh, but in vain. So if God is not in the equation, the whole thing is in vain. Hebrews 2, from Hebrews 1, there's an expression of Jesus being greater than the angels. And beginning of Hebrews 2, the Bible says, For this reason, or therefore, we should give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by an angel was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? So it is in ink, it is in the writings, it is in stone that we have to obey God if we are going to see him in peace. Remember in Matthews 11, when Jesus had talked about John, of men born of women, there wasn't one greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding the least in the kingdom is greater than he. Luke 16, 16, the Bible says that the law and the prophet was until John. Since that time, the kingdom of heaven is preached and all men presses into it. Now, the John was the last Old Testament prophet. And the reason John was not as great as the least in the kingdom, this is the new way. The Bible says that if the old hadn't been faultless, there would have been no need 
for the, for the new one or the second. You see, so John died before the Church of Christ was established, but he was still okay with God, great man. He's a prophet. In Luke 13, the Bible says all the prophets will rise up in the kingdom in that day. So he's safe. Moses is safe. He didn't get the canon. He looked, but he didn't see it. He saw it, but he couldn't get there. But he'll be with God in the eternity as we will also. Now, my sermon today, my wife said I usually do too many preliminary things before I get into my sermon. But today, uh, I had a really rough week. So I, I'm going to get on into the sermon today and I'm not going to uh, be here very long. I hope not. Usually I can't get finished. But anyway, I, I'm going to try to finish today. Uh, the sermon that I'm going to preach today is called, Should the Church Change with the Times? Should the church change with the times? We've seen a lot of changes in our world. Uh, I remember reading something concerning a man in 1895. Said that everything that could be invented has already been invented. Oh, brother. He didn't know what he was talking about at all. I mean, more things have been invented in the last 20 years than the previous 100 years. I mean, we're just inventing stuff all the time now. Uh, and information is doubling uh, every few years. So you can't keep up with everything that's going on. When I first got the computer, I, I, didn't, have, I didn't know. So I would go to one thing and it would say something there and, I, and then it referred me to something else. And I had a printer. So I started printing out everything that I was reading. I mean, I was printing out maybe three or four hundred pages a day, just printing it out and sending it to my friends. So one of my friends, a professor at Pepperdine University, he says, listen, uh, 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 Dr. Bird, don't send me any more information. He says, <laughs> he says, I have more than I can do already. You know, I'm trying to teach school and everything. You're sending me all this stuff. Don't send me any more. But then I finally realized, you know, I'm not supposed to remember all of this stuff. So, so then I sort of calmed down, and the computer and I are doing very well right now. So, so we're, we're good. But anyway... The message that I have, should the church change with the times? I'm going to get through that. And then I want to tell you something about getting into the church, the plan of salvation. Uh, I need to spend a little time on that because usually we go through that so fast, uh, people just don't get it all the time. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Also, the sermon that I have here, should the church change with the times, isn't a sermon that I uh, outlined myself. As a matter of fact, I got it from a book called Bible Answers, uh, written by a brother, Gene uh, Frost. Great man. He's the father of brother David Frost. When he was here, he gave me the book, and I said, uh, Brother Frost, is it okay for me to preach something from this book? He said, yeah, that's why I gave it to you. I said, okay, fine. So I'll, I'll do that, and then that's, all, that's scriptural as well. Because Paul told Timothy, the things that you've learned and heard, uh, commit those to faithful men that they might be able to teach others also. And to the young preachers, you don't have to do all of that research anymore that preachers did 50 years ago. Because they have done all the research, now all you have to do is proclaim the word of God. Just go and get it and proclaim it, check it with the Bible, make sure it's right. But you don't have to do all that heavy studying anymore. They've helped you out a lot. And that's the way it should be. So we just continue to perpetuate and the truth just goes out all the time. Now, back to the lesson. Should the church change with the times? 
in answering this question, we first need to establish what church means. It is a called out body of people, translated from the Greek word, someone says, uh, ecclesia or ecclesia, one of them, et, out of, ecclesias, or calling. So it's called out of. In the Bible, it is used to denote an assembly of citizens of interests of affairs of state, Acts 19.39, the nation of Israel, Acts 7.38, and even a riotous mob, Acts 19.32 and 41, as well as the called out people of God. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is composed of all that have, who he has saved. The saved then is in the church of Christ. Acts 2.47, Ephesians 5.23, Jesus is the founder and head of the church. Matthew 16.18, 1 Corinthians 3.11, Acts 20.28, 20, Ephesians 1.22, Colossians 1.18. Should the church change with the times? We need to inquire about the church as to what might be changed. There are seven identifying features. I'm going to state the features, then I will... Uh, go through each one and discuss it. These are the features that identifies the Church of Christ. One, the origin. Where it originated. Two, the terms of membership. How do you get in it? Faith. I'm going to talk about faith too, because faith people don't understand oftentimes. Somebody asks you, what faith are you? Well, you know already that person doesn't know what he's talking about. Worship, organization, practice, and the name. Should any of these be changed? Let's look at the origin. In origin, Jesus is the founder. Acts 20, 28. Remember that passage, take heed to yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. Now that God is Jesus. In Hebrews 1 and 8, the Bible says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. You see, so Jesus, speaking to the Son, said his throne was forever and ever. So the Father called Jesus God. So if the Father called him God, it's okay for me to call him God. So Jesus is God. So that's the God that's talked about in Acts 20, 28. These facts cannot be changed. Any church established by someone else at some other place other than Jerusalem at some other time other than Acts uh, 8033, according to our calendar, cannot be the church of Christ changed. It would be another distinct institution. And we know that there are many, many so-called institutions of faith of churches all over the world. And I told you earlier, the Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I have to tell you that because it's true. Okay, the terms of membership. The Lord added to the church those that should be saved. Such as should be saved, Acts 2.47, Mark 16.16, 16, 1 Corinthians 12.13. This cannot be changed. It cannot be changed. I don't like for my word to be changed. I'm just an ordinary man. And you think God wants you changing his word? The Bible says his ways 
God says, my ways, and I just verse 9, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. So, well, you want to get into distances, it's, if you're doing equations, if you were to put our thinking in an equation with God's thinking and try to describe the two, we would, would, would be unseen. We couldn't find our thinking at all. So just how, we, we, aren't, we aren't very much compared to God at all. He loves us. That's what makes us anything at all. I mean, once God made man, and he, he was sorry he made it. And he started it. Left one family and started over again. You see, so, so we, we aren't that much. God made us and he, he loves us. And he's going to save us. And he already saved you. He's going to heaven one day. He, he enjoys doing good things for us. Otherwise, he could just push your buttons all over for everybody. But he, God is not out trying to get us, trying to hurt us. He's trying to help us. And that's why we're here today. Okay. This is already been said in God's word. First Peter 1, 22 and 23, Romans 1, 16, Romans 10, 13 and 14, Acts 22, 16. Anything that man stipulates will not change the Lord's will nor add to his church. The only thing that man can change are terms of joining a church that man has established. You see, man, man has no, 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 no authority to change anything that the Lord has set in place. You can't even change wives. Wives is what the Lord has joined together. Let not man put us under. So, you know, God is, is pretty sure about what he does. Hold on to what you have. Keep the faith. Okay, faith. That's the next number three is faith. The faith of the church, that is, the body of doctrine to be accepted. <clears throat> When you say the faith, faith is a noun because a word preceded by a definite article, you learn this in the fifth or sixth grade, is usually a noun. The faith, the house, the car, okay, those things. The faith. It's a body of doctrine to be accepted. This has already been delivered. For Jude 3, Ephesians 4 and 5. That's faith as a noun. Now I'm going to show you in John 20, 26 and 27, faith then as a verb. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas came at, and Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Now, this is another interesting fact, that the, the apostles were in a building and the doors were shut, and then Jesus, after his resurrection, had just appeared unto them. So how did he get in the building with the doors locked? The Bible says also that in the end, that we don't know what kind of body we will have, but it will be like the one that Jesus has. So... Uh, that's why we will be spirit. We'll be able to move in and out to, be, to appear and disappear. So then Jesus said to Thomas, Reach hither with thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hands, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Now this verb form of faith it means to believe. You see, so faith has two 
categories that it's in. One, the faith, and the other, to believe. So, faith as a verb and faith as a noun. In Jude 3, the Bible says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If anyone changes this course of heaven, rest upon him. The curse of heaven rests upon him. Galatians 1, 8, 9, and verse 23. Worship is the next point. The worship of the church is to be in spirit and in truth. Remember John 4, 24, the Bible says God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It is therefore, John 17, 17, it is ordered of God. He has not changed it. Man may not change it either. Now, in Romans 1, the Bible talks about God being unseen and man knowing about God. Just think about it. God is spirit. So he didn't have a manifestation of flesh and blood. But yet, he made a universe out of, from his speaking, he made it. He didn't have any material. My father used to build houses, and I used to work with him. So we, we'd build a house, and then I'd tell the kids at school, I built the house. Well, did I build it all by myself? No, but I built it. Because my dad and I worked together. Like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and, and God, they all worked together. So... The, the God is spirit, and he created a universe that we could see. Isn't that amazing when you think of it? That you can't see him, but he creates things that we can see. That, that, that's amazing. That's amazing. And then you want, to, you want to go really lose your mind, try to think of then how did this all begin? What the Bible says in Psalm 90, that wasn't any beginning. God has always been here, will always be here. From everlasting to everlasting, there are God. So God didn't begin at any time. That surpasses the human understanding. A man cannot understand anything that did not have a beginning. God has always been here, the Bible says, Psalm 90, and will always be here. So he didn't have to come from anywhere. He didn't have to start at any time. He'd always been here. Now, he made us. I made a machine. And someday you all might use it. I made a machine. The machine doesn't tell me what to do. I made the machine. So it has limitations. You see, it is not as brilliant as I am. I made it. It didn't make me. So that's just it. So God made us. So he put us in a box. We can't get out of that box. You see, I don't care how much you try, you can't get out. Your thinking is limited. Your imagination is limited. There's certain things you can't even imagine. You see, there's some things you know, little things, not very heavy. But some people God blessed with a lot of information. And some of them turned against God and were still acting stupid. Like Einstein said that uh, he doesn't know what God uh, thought, but he knows that his theory is correct. That's some kind of foolishness like that. I used to love Einstein. But when I read that about him, I said, well, you know, any man that's been blessed like you and now you're turning against God, who do you think you are? So anyway, let me go on with my lesson. I don't want to get into commentary here. My wife says I talk too much anyway. So, okay. 
uh, we can't change the worship. Has to be in spirit and in truth. The organization, Jesus is the head of the church, Colossians 1.18. Uh, the congregations function under the oversight of elders and deacons who serve under them. Acts 14.23, 1 Timothy rather, 3, 1 to 13, Titus 1, uh, 5 through 9. I know I'm going fast. If you want a copy of the lesson, I can give it to you. Uh, and you can put all this in your notes. Uh, Philippians 1.1, 1, 1, Acts 20.23, 1 Peter 5.2. Uh, to change the organization would be to dishonor the head and to reorganize another church. So when people start changing things in the church, they are not changing the church. They are making another church. You see, this church of Christ remains the same. In practice, the church is to teach the gospel. 1 Timothy 3.15 In case of distress, it cares for its own. That's what the church does. Acts 6, 1 to 6. Acts 11, 27 to 30. The head never assigned the church to economic fields or domestic or social or political. To change the church into a political organization or social club, for example, is to disobey the head. All authority belongs to him, Matthew 28 and 18. The name. The church, as the bride of Christ, wears his name. That's why it's the church of Christ. I have one wife. She's back there. Better not have two. I have one wife. She's back there. And her name is Sister Bird. My name is Brother Bird. You see? Now she comes home and says, I'm Sister Jones. Well, well then you just go on where the Joneses are in. You know, whatever. But it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. She's going to have to be Sister Bird. You see, that's the way, it's, the way it is. In every Bible reference where Christ is identified in the possessive case, it refers to Christ. The church, rather, is identified in the possessive case. It always refers to Christ. Acts 20, 28, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, Romans 16, 16. To call it by after any other thing or any other name is to dishonor the bridegroom. You see, you can't do that. If you call the church by some other name, you're dishonoring Christ. Since the church changed with the times... There is no need for change. The world still needs salvation and a savior. It needs directions and guidance. It needs to honor God. It needs authority over it. It needs the gospel to be promulgated. It needs to know the bride of Christ. The church of Christ is not subject to man as to be changed by man. Any changes wrought by man produces apostasy and results in establishment of human institutions. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 15, Revelations 2, 5, Matthew 15, 7 to 13. Modernism conceives of religion as an ordinary and evolutionary process. It fails to recognize the fact that Christianity is revealed is the revealed way of God. Ephesians 3, 3 to 5, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, 1 Corinthians 15 and 24, Matthew 13, 41, Ephesians 3, 10 and 11. The Lord's work is perfect and his church does not need any changing. Now, 
There might be someone who doesn't really understand how someone gets in this church. Everybody here might already be a Christian, but uh, sometimes we explain this and then you'll know how to tell others about it as well. To become a member of the Church of Christ, one must hear the gospel. Remember in Acts 15 and 7, Peter says, when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said, unto, I mean, uh, Acts says that Peter rose up and said unto them, men and brethren, you know that how a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the words of the gospel and believe. So you hear the words of the gospel. That's about the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You hear that and believe it. Believe that Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose. So then in Romans 10, 17, the Bible says, so faith comes up by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear the word of God, it produces a faith that pleases God. In verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. Uh, so Paul was telling them, I mean, Peter, I mean, Paul, yeah, Paul was telling them about the gospel, and he goes on to say that Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again according to the scripture. So then we must hear that, that the facts of the gospel concerning the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. You must believe in Jesus and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you hear and believe. Then you repent. You mean you turn from your ways and turn to the way of God. You change your ways altogether. Acts 2, uh, 38 and 39. And then we must confess that Jesus is the son of God, just as the Ethiopian eunuch did in Acts chapter 8 of Acts. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And then you must be baptized. And now why tarrieth thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. There might be someone here today that would like to uh, be baptized if you haven't been. Uh, you come up and I will ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? And you say, yes, I do. Then we will submit you for baptism uh, in water for the remission of your sins. Everything, hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, all of that is unto. Baptism puts you into Christ. This morning when you came to the door, you were not in the building. You had come unto the building. Once you're baptized, you're in, the, I mean, yeah, once you open the door and you come in, you're in the building. Say, once you're baptized, then you're into Christ. To get into him, you have to be baptized into him. Not touching the Bible, touching the radio, and all this kind of uh, foolishness. You have to just be baptized into him after you have believed the truth concerning the unity of the faith. Now, the apostles were asked to keep the unity of the faith. You can't keep something that you don't have. So the church had unity in the first century, and they were to keep that. So if you're subject to the gospel call in any way, we ask that you come at this time while we stand and sing the song of invitation. Earth holds no treasures but perish However precious they be, yet there's a country to which I
treasure.